All right. Well, this is uh, Tales by Firelight, um, a companion podcast to A Crack in the Plan. My name is Jordan, host and Dungeon Master, um, and I am joined by the entire cast of Woo-hoo, A Crack in the Plan. Uh, today, we are doing the season one wrap-up uh, spoiler uh, episode. So, general warning, if you've not listened to all of season one, episodes one through 26, uh, you might want to stop here because you will get spoiled. If you like being spoiled on things, cool. Have a listen and then go back to listen to our chaos. Um, so with that, I'm going to open the floor to questions. Um, my first question is just, can you tell us a little bit about the inspiration and uh, like what gave you the desire to make this podcast? Where did the idea for like the setting and the mythology and all of that, like where did all that come from? Sure. So... Uh, go back to um, 2016. Danny, you had started your game that we were playing in, and um, I was trying to like learn all of the mechanics of D and D. And I found a podcast called Sneak Attack. Um, I don't know if Daniel told me about it or I told Daniel about Sneak Attack. However, it happened. Yeah, one of the one of the two. However, it happened. Uh, got into Sneak Attack. And started listening to it, and then another friend that joined your game, Dan Richards. Um, he and I were talking, and he like just casually was like, "Hey, you should start a podcast." And I was like, "You know, actually, I'd been thinking about some stuff because at the time I was living in Spring Hill and driving to Columbia every day for work, and I was bored out of my mind on the drive. So I'd turn on um, voice recordings on my iPhone, and I'd just like spat out nonsense." just like trying to come up with some kind of story. And it was during that year and a half of driving back and forth that I, like the seeds to the story started. Um, I always liked Norse mythology and I wanted to do it, but I wanted to twist it. And I wanted to, um, I wanted to give it a unique spin. So uh, that's kind of, that that was the jumping off point, and uh, so this this show was supposed to be it was a totally different cast. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, um, I think I may be I may be the only maybe me and Danny the only original yep. members of the because when you approached me, you were like, "Hey, it's uh, I'm going to do a podcast. Um, it's looking at being like you, me, Danny." And then you named like Dan Richards and like three other people, and I was like, "Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah, I'll make a I'll make a character for that." And then uh, by the time we actually came out with it, everybody in that group life situation had changed, yep. and th- this guy had gone off to do this other thing. These people moved away, and all of this stuff. And it's like, okay. Uh, well, now it's three of us. We need more than that. <laughs> who who can who can we get? Yeah. And about that time, I had uh, introduced Angie via uh, a, an old Matt Colville video that has since been taken down. I'm not sure why, but uh, regarding the end of Critical Role season one. Yeah. And so I showed her the Matt Colville summary of that. And she was like, oh, wow, 
there's a there's a lot of emotion and stuff in this. It's actually, because uh, up until that point, she'd been like, eh, I don't understand why you want to get together for you know, four or five hours on a Saturday, <laughs> leave, leave me alone with our three kids and disappear for four or five hours on a Saturday to, to just play this game. Yeah. And I showed her that and she's like, okay. And then she started watching, mm-hmm. went back and watched a couple episodes. And like, I had already you know, known about this, this podcast that you guys were going to do. So I had known about Galen's build. Daniel told me all about it. I'd heard stuff from you, Jordan. You told me stuff about it. And so I knew stuff about it, and so I don't. I made a comment about you need a girl in there. Yeah, and so when and, and then I attack. became friends with Meg yeah. and real and and then even before I joined, I remember very vividly we were at church one day, and it was right after you had recorded Catherine's like first shot, one yes. shot or whatever. And I was like, "How are you doing?" You're like, "I'm emotionally hungover." I'm like, "Are you good?" <laughs> You're like, "Yeah, I just I played D&D and I cried for several hours." I'm like, "You get it now." Mm-hmm. And I told you everything. And I, you told about me everything. Catherine. You told me everything. everything. And the fun thing is, is I don't remember any of it. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> changed a lot though since that first since you told me about her like things have changed since then that aren't as big a deal right i don't know yes or maybe they're important and i just forgot yeah um but no you were you were my sounding board like hey this is what i want to do had no idea you would join i also didn't know that i would join but i was very excited because i remember i'd seen i like knew you guys all played D &D, but even before like that first one shot game we did for your birthday um, I like I saw Angie got uh, a binder thing for Christmas for like all your spell cards and yep. stuff, and I was like, I want more friends that play D and D. Like I, I, I want to be friends with these guys, and then it just happened. Yeah. <laughs> Good old D and D bringing people together. Mm-hmm. But long story short, it was sneak attack, and then the suggestion of a friend that kind of cattle, that was the catalyst mm-hmm. for all of this. Yeah, I remember. I don't remember when exactly, but I remember when we were playing. I remember you saying that. I was like, "Oh, that'd be a cool idea." But yeah. then it was just like a pipe dream. It was just like, yeah. yeah, in the future, right? When we're you know forty or something or fifty or whatever, like hey. maybe we'll hey, do that. Hey, some of us are forty. So, yeah. Watch so, it. Well, Watch back it. Then, young back then I was young. <laughs> <laughs> don't hit me. Here, wait. Oh, I thought you were gonna hit me. That was scraping against the wall. That's the noise that she gotcha. Was... Can cut that out. Leave the don't hit me in there. <laughs> yeah. And don't hurt me. <laughs> don't hit me. So I, I've got an, another question to go along with that. Is this where you thought it would go when you were originally planning it? Or has this just gone completely off the rails? Um, so the library had, had always been part of it. The library had always been essentially the first act. Like... So where season one ends, you know, you guys are, you guys in, again, spoilers, you guys are in Estricus, um, that event has happened, mm-hmm. uh, the execution has happened, and you guys are, are about to set out, um, getting to the, getting to the library, getting to library, library, <laughs> um, getting to the library and the events that happen there, that's, that's the ultimate culmination of act one. Like, you guys have barely scratched the surface. <laughs> yeah, you said this is like the prologue, it's right? kind season of, one. yeah. Terrifying. Yeah, see, season one is essentially the prologue of the story. Um, it's the uh, the best comparison I think I have is, so Fellowship, 
of mm-hmm. the ring, the entire like the the opening sequence that the the recounting of the Battle of the One Ring. This is that the, season one is that prologue, um, and so as season two happens, that kind of gets you into the first act of the story. What was uh, is anybody else going to ask a question? Go, go okay. for it. Um, so along with that, what was the biggest curveball we threw at you <laughs> in season one that took you off of, or was there one that took you off of the path you thought you were going to go with the story? Hmm. Okay. Uh, so in episode, it's actually in episode one when uh, you guys have all, you guys have signed the contract, except for Bracken. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you guys have signed the contract and Bracken leaves for the night, I didn't plan on Bracken leaving because something else was going to happen. Oh. So Bracken oh. left. <laughs> and then in the moment, I had to, like, the whole, the whole Marajan plot, I literally came up with on the fly. So you're saying it's my fault? Oh kind my of, goodness. The whole Marjan thing was yeah. improvised? Yeah. I'm sorry. No way. Excuse me? Are you serious? Yeah, you, what about the stuff with my sister and mom? Dead serious. That oh was improvised too? You're telling me you traumatized our oh sweet, my God. innocent homeschool bard for uh. fun? <laughs> yes. granted, granted, all of this is for fun. Well, that's true. <laughs> all the torture is for fun. That's, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of my questions. Was, what was... What was your favorite most improvised part? Uh, well, that was that was the biggest improvised part because 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 it shapes so much of the rest of season one. Mm-hmm. Um, there, in so in the tower in episode one, there there I literally behind the screen was going to roll one of several outcomes, and it was like, okay, this is not one I planned. Here we go. Um, because no one was supposed to leave the tower that night. <laughs> but when you did, I thought, okay, I could, I can take a left turn and <laughs> figure this out. Wow. Uh, what was supposed to happen? Spoilers. No. Oh, that's the whole point of happen. this episode. We're going back to the tower. Shh. There, there are, there are. It, so one of, okay. So one of, one of my biggest struggles, and it's. I'm a little weak at it. I'm working at getting better. Is so Estricus is this living, breathing city. The whole world is living and breathing, and it changes. And so you're like the things that you do are not like they affect the world, but the world doesn't revolve around mm-hmm. what the party does. And so things happen, mm-hmm. and then you kind of stumble into them sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, the world is still going. Yeah. No matter what we do. Yeah. Um. So, uh, so Bracken leaving the tower. Someone saw Bracken leave the tower. Oh, yeah, that tracks. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsies. <Yeah. laughs> My bad, y'all. <laughs> so someone someone saw Bracken leave the tower, and it's like, okay. We're we're kicking this plot off. Whoopsies. So, <laughs> so it's your fault. So, Danny, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but another another big one is, and it 
it didn't happen until so this this gets to the end of season one when when the execution happens um your your and and it didn't happen i don't think until like maybe the player chat or or right before we kicked off season two is your visceral reaction to like we hate this Mm -hmm. that threw me oh it was (laughs) because because i as the dm i thought okay they're on board with this and they you guys weren't and i was like oh no Well, coming um, coming from a from Galen, who's a barbarian, from his standpoint, Coriandric was a comrade in arms, mm-hmm. and the way to celebrate a fallen comrade in arms is not to say, on this anniversary every year we're going to kill a prisoner. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's not that's not how the barbarian fanes deal with fallen comrades. You drink, you you tell stories, you. You know, you light a funeral pyre, all these things. Not, hey, we're gonna kill somebody who did something wrong every day to celebrate the fact that you died. Well, and yeah. I want to add that it wasn't a player chat. That was each of us individually playing our characters. Yeah, we didn't do that. Like we hadn't planned. We had that. not planned. Yeah, it and ended up we all had the exact same yeah. reaction. Yeah. Like we were all dead silent, mm-hmm. arms crossed, just kind of staring at each other. And I think mm-hmm. that was one of the maybe not the first moments, but one of the biggest moments of we were one hundred and ten percent our characters. Like yes. there was no player, it was nothing. We were yeah. in it, and it was gross. <laughs> and, it, and it like it really it legitimately threw me for a loop. I thought, oh no, what did I what did I do? Because and this gets into season two. Um, but Galen, you make the comment like, "I'm never coming back to the city." So, yeah, no, Galen. Spoiler for season two. <laughs> Galen's not Galen. Galen saw too many things in that city in yeah. the time he was there that he just no. There's there's no there's no draw in the city for him mm-hmm. like that one. Yep. The, we've been to a couple other you know towns and cities that haven't been bad, but Estricus has does not he doesn't see a redeeming side mm-hmm. big enough to outweigh all the bad crap he's seen there. Yeah. yeah. Um sorry you asked about improvised moments. Mm-hmm. Uh about half of this was improvised. I knew um so episode 4 is where Holic dies. Mm-hmm. Um Holic is my favorite character. He, outside of outside of Marion, Holic is my favorite character, and I think there's a reason that they're my favorite. Um, but Holic, so Holic's death, the deci- the decision that I made as a DM to kill him off, happened the night before we recorded. Oh my gosh, oh he wasn't gonna die. He was he was gonna carry on with you guys, and 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 my decision as a DM was. I'm I'm giving them too much of a handy I'm handicapping them and giving them too much of a you know advantage. Mm-hmm. So I have to take it away. Well, how do I take it away? Well, I had another I had I had another again the the world is not static. The world is evolving. And so there's another thing happening and Holic essentially wrong place wrong time. Uh while we're talking about uh like DMing styles and DMing um aspects 
um, with the three pillars of D&D being exploration, social, and combat, how do you think this being a auditory medium, how do you think those three things um, intertwine? How do you think those things, um, how do you like, balance those things as a DM playing in a 100% auditory For medium? Sure. That's a nerd question. Right that there. is. I know. I like that. Um, so... <laughs> Because because we're just doing audio stuff, uh, I think the majority has to be social. If and you, you guys, you brought it up a little tongue in cheek during the time we were recording. You're like, ah, oh, no combat. But we see in season two, combat is hard, mm-hmm. and combat is involved, and it's it can get boring because it's you know throw the throw the math rocks and. You know, so for a lot of season one, I tried to pull back, like, let's don't do combat. Or if there's combat, like, um, I think of season or uh, episode uh, five, I think, uh, Friends We Never Got to Make, mm-hmm. where Bracken drinks the shadow potion. Oh, yeah. Or it's not a potion. You literally drink a shadow and become a shadow. Um, when you're hopping through the shadows. So like that mechanic is totally improvised. Like I homebrewed that mechanic on the spot as we were playing. I I knew like, so I knew as the DM, okay, they're going to drink the potion. They become a shadow. How does it work? Mm-hmm. And it was, it was literally, you kind of just lean into it and you know, you quote jump to the next shadow. Um, and that was totally hundred percent in the moment. Um, so like if we're making pie charts, I think th- this medium almost has to be 70% social interaction. And what were the other exploration? Expl- yeah. and combat. Um, maybe not 70%, but it's like 40, 45% social, another 40, 45% uh, exploration, and then a little bit of combat. And we do that. We do that in season two because of the setting of season two. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there is far less combat in season one, and as we move into season two and the the back half of season two, when we start recording again, I'm going to change combat how we do combat. Um, I don't know how I'm going to do that yet, <laughs> uh, but it's the way we do it is it's too time consuming, and it. And it always happens at the end of the night when we're yeah, that's, that's that's a DM problem, not a you, you not a you guys problem. <laughs> it's poor planning on my part. It's always like, you know, ten thirty on a on a on a Saturday night when we all got to get up for church in the morning, and it's like, and here's a giant uh, rock that's going to eat all of you guys, and it's like, dude, I gotta go to I gotta get up at like six tomorrow. Morning. Come on. <laughs> This is going to take an hour and a half. I feel like we should say we are in the middle of recording season two right mm-hmm. now. Yes. I know we keep referencing it. Yes. Um, we we haven't stopped. Well, we did stop recording for a little bit, but no, we've we're we're still going. Yeah, we are currently seventeen episodes into season two. That's insane. So, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I have some questions. Let me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Those are kind of answered. Um. Okay, now I'm going to ask my own personal question first because I'm curious. So 
going back to the execution. Yeah. At the execution, where we were positioned, like were we next to the king? Were we like where we were situated in the stands? Mm-hmm. How well could we see what was happening with the king and Kryn? So you could you could see fairly well because you're essentially in his box seats. Okay. Um, where where they are, where he and Kryn are, uh-huh. um, you're. So for us, Nashville. Yeah. You know you're so you're in. Um, think like in Bridgestone. You're mm-hmm. up in the you're up in the the box seats looking down at the ice. Okay. So you're essentially like in the box seats looking down at the ice rink. Okay. Okay. Uh, a related a related question to okay. that. Uh, at what point does a does a person at what point in the the dying mm-hmm. does a person cease to be a creature and become an object? <laughs> we definitely didn't plan these questions. We haven't thought about this for weeks. Mm. She has the questions because no, don't 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 give them the reasoning. No, no. Well, uh, it's just. We we know that Kryn got his head cut off. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So at some point in that process, he ceases to be a creature and becomes an object. Yep. I'm just curious at, at what point that happens. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Let's say mechanically about 30 seconds after his head is lopped off. Okay. okay. That's about the time it probably takes someone to bleed out. Cool. Uh, you you asked about when when <laughs> at what point does a, yeah. does a person object. become a, an object? Mm-hmm. I would argue about probably thirty seconds after his head is severed because okay. I'm assuming that's how long it takes a body to bleed out. I don't actually know that. I'm not a serial killer. <laughs> well, I guess you just like play that. one on the podcast. You don't you don't you don't want to be on on that list that that you would get on if you Google how long does it take for a body to bleed out. Yeah. Oh, I'm definitely I'll, on that list. I was okay, I would look that up for my I'll books. Look that up oh right yeah, now. I'm definitely on the list. No, I have I have looked up uh, stuff from the the French Revolution about the guillotine. <laughs> yeah. Like how long uh, how long is the head alive after? Yeah. And uh, but that's that's the guillotine, not not an in world yeah. thing. So yeah. Okay. I have uh, another question. This mostly for you, but maybe some input from the crowd as well. Um, which character changed the most from conception to season one to now? Like that first inception to now, like who do you think changed the most mm-hmm. from like one of us saying, Oh, this is what I'm going to play to now. Catherine definitely. <laughs> yes. She she changed quite a bit. Bracken to an extent. Mm. Um, because Bracken was originally not a changeling mm. and then became a changeling. Bracken uh, was but, also less traumatized before, at yes. the very beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah, we changed. I mean... Yeah, we changed Catherine dramatically. Everything about Catherine, mm-hmm. and that was—I mean, that was what two years yeah. after I created Catherine. It was yeah before we started recording, but yeah. So here's a here's a question for everybody: How long was it from creating your character to the start of the podcast recording? A lot. Um. <laughs> I think I win at the most because mm-hmm. I had Galen for. Mm-hmm. 
four years before we started recording. You and Danny are neck, neck and neck because I recorded Danny first. But I like when I when yeah. I came up with the concept, we were at somebody else's house, and I was like, "Hey, um, how how do these roles look?" I had a, a create character creator app on my phone. I was like, "Hey, how do these roles look?" And you're okay. like, "Yeah, it looks good." Help me out, guys. So those of you that are listening, um, in case you didn't realize, it takes a long time to put out a podcast. <laughs> yeah, really so nice. we it started recording this podcast in 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so. Uh, this is recording time. It's been a long time. I think I created Catherine 2018. Mm-hmm. 2018, 2019. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, been, it's been a long time. Yeah. I, I came up with Galen's character concept in 2016, 2017. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Bracken, the Bracken that I play is based on a different version of them that I played in a different game with different rules. So the base set of Bracken I came up with, oh geez, probably, yeah, 2017, I think. Late in 2017, but the Bracken that I play probably came around, what, 2019, 2020-ish, roughly. Mm -hmm. Ours would have been pretty close. You're maybe first, I don't know. I don't remember exactly what year it was. Back back before in the before in the times, before times. <laughs> when uh, uh, Jordan was coming over to my house because uh, both of our wives had to work uh, at at church on Sunday nights. No, Becky was still or, teaching then. Oh, mm-hmm. that's right, she was teaching. So you were coming over because mm-hmm. she, she she had a bunch of stuff that she had to do, uh, grading papers and stuff. And you and I worked out barbarian feigns yep. over the course <laughs> of like three or four months. That's 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 probably the biggest contribution outside of like just something I came up with. Your contribution to the barbarian fans and how they work, because um, I don't know that I would have gone that direction. But you were like, "Hey, blah," you know. It's a lot of how Daniel speaks sounds. <laughs> blah. <laughs> um, Accurate. Correct. And. No, but that's like you you pitched me that concept and you were even like you don't have to use it if you don't want to or you can change it. And I've changed bits and pieces of it, yeah. but on a whole it's 90% there or yeah. 85% there. And and the fun part is we may never go there because <laughs> knowing this group of yahoos odds of us getting back to to my childhood stuff from after when I was two, um, <laughs> not not great odds. No, no, they're not. <laughs> um, um, is there anything that we didn't do, oh, or yeah. a choice that we didn't do that you're really bummed that we missed? Um. So the the example that comes to mind is so after it, it was it happened kind of around the time Hollock died. Um, you guys were, you were making your way to Serret Brevo and Hollock comes back and he, he says, he's there's, there's two paths. There's the path through the marsh or there's the long way around through Suncrow. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, there were some, there were some NPCs that I made that you guys were going to meet along the way. And it would have, um, 
at, in season one, you've heard them by name. You've not met any of them. Um, but there were some, uh, there were a couple of uh, Kalos mm. members uh, that you would have met along the way. You would have had a way earlier introduction to them um, than the than when it happens in season two. Um, that's the big one that comes to mind. Um, I'm trying to think, I that's probably the biggest one that that I can think of. I have a um, listener question, actually, from a friend of ours. A reader um, question? Reader question. Yeah, well, <laughs> a reader question. Um, this is from our friend Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Um, Hi, Hannah. Hey, Hannah. Um, so kind of on that similar vein, she said, um, of the episodes that have been released, which adventure or moment, like what moment has been your favorite? Oh, boy. That should be for everybody. That should be yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Um, Mac, so, do you have one? Uh, come back. <laughs> I I can give mine. Mine was when I pushed that guy off the <laughs> off the uh, in the underground. Yeah. Pushed him off the bridge. Yep. I was like, "Hi, boo!" And <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Going running around and, and attacking people, jumping, mm-hmm. jumping, jumping not Jason Bourne through the window. Yeah, mm-hmm. not that not was, caring about the about the cool. fall damage because I was raging. I was like, "Yeah, this is so you were fine. This that is fine. I like this." Yeah. Danny, what was you? Was it favorite moments? Yeah, just uh, favorite moment or adventure or just moment in the show so far. <laughs> Listen, we've been doing this for a long time, y'all. <laughs> God, a lot of dead air to cut out of this. One. Say, <laughs> if you're still thinking, I think I have one of mine. Go ahead. The first thing that comes to mind actually is um, it wasn't even one of, that I was necessarily involved in, but it was with Galen, and it, it still gives me shivers every time I listen to it. And it was the same episode where we were in the underground, and we were trying to decide what to do with it was Hazim, right? We we're yeah. trying to do, decide mm-hmm. what to do with Hazim, and it was your monologue of he's not a person, he's not a man, he's an animal. When you attack people, and I'm, oh, it was so good. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was and, that, yeah. Help Daniel's good. Again. He'll come in clutch with those one-liners. I'm like, dang it, why didn't I write that? <laughs> so good. I got to go back to the writer's room and mm-hmm. fire all of them. I know. Another one that me. does have to do with me um, was with Angie when I was rolling like absolute garbage. Oh my gosh! All night we were in the Marathon yes. Dungeon, and I rolled like three ones in oh, a yeah. single, like in the span of an hour, and I had disadvantage on opening this door. And Angie, like Angie. Catherine, Angie, both of them, yelled at me, and I was so nervous, and I got the advantage, and I rolled, and I got a natural 20, Yeah, <laughs> and it was, was such a best. perfect moment. Yes. Yeah, because I think I was yelling at you, like, you have one job, just yeah. do it, and yeah. somebody, just one of, I don't remember if it was Galen or Dindal was trying to, like, Galen. It was Galen. Yeah, Galen was trying to, hey, gonna, they're traumatized, get, give them a break. Get, and I was just like, no, we do your job. Well, Galen yeah. was like, I'm going to do this. Because I can, I can take the hits if something goes wrong, and and Catherine was like, "No, this is this is their job. They need to do their job. Mm-hmm. This is what they're here for." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it was like, "Okay, fine." Yeah, that was one of those moments you just can't script, and when the yeah, dice actually hilarious. do that, you're oh, like, "What?" What are and the odds? It was just crazy because again, I had been rolling horrendously. Yes, all even before the ones like I had just been rolling awful. 
And so it was really cool to get that natural 20. <laughs> yeah. And that was, that what you were rolling so bad. That was why Galen was going to mm-hmm. do it because mm-hmm. Galen's like, I can, I can take this and they are not, they're, they're getting hurt. They're, they're triggering all these mm-hmm. things and getting hurt. Galen can take that. Yeah. And Galen's like, I'm going to protect them. And Catherine's like, no, they're going to do their job and they're going to do it yeah. right. I think favorite scene, um, I don't. Uh, I think it was one that I wasn't even in. Was the scene with the golden uh, bowl? That was that was gonna be mine. That was such, that was so good. And oh, man, that it was such an interesting like dynamic scene. Uh, I just remember like you like apologized after. And you're like, sorry guys, that took so long. And I was just like, don't even apologize. That was such a cool scene. Yeah. It was really yes. deep and very symbolic. And I thought that was a really really cool moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought that was just a cool scene. Thank you. Yeah, and and I know we've already said it, but the execution scene, just because oh. as players, that's we were so into our characters at that moment. Um, yeah. And and I, it's one of those I really wish we could have recorded our mm-hmm. faces because mm. we we were completely just stoic and we were shocked yeah like i remember angie and i at least i had like my hand over my mouth yeah i was like why why it like we were all kind of just like all right this is happening and we're fine and then he was like this is gonna be coriander today and we're all like i'm sorry it's who mm-hmm. yeah it's what now it, it was mm. so good yeah Gross. uh no I, I think mine is the is the golden bowl as well um and it, it, it happens, it really, it happens twice in the show. It happens, mm. uh, it happens early on in episode seven, seven, eight, somewhere in there. And then it happens later on, right before you guys find uh, Dinal's mother. That's right. And the, the, the turn, mm-hmm. the turn on that is Bracken's enemy became their ally. Marion. Yep. Or not Marion. Um, Vistrain. Yeah, Vestrian. Um, I have some more questions. Okay. Um, which one do I want to do? Should I do one of mine or should I do another listen or reader question? Do a reader Let's one. Do a reader one. Um, so this was kind of answered roughly. Um, this is from a friend of mine from one of the UK from the UK. Um, what is your friend's name? His name is Bill. Hi, Bill. Hi, Bill. Yeah. Hi, Bill. Bill said, uh, when creating the world for the players, what inspired or caused you to use Norse mythology as opposed to classic D&D gods, mm-hmm. like D&D pantheon? So I think more than anything, I had, and this this is not a dig at Danny's game, but we had, we had spent, I had spent five years playing in that world mm-hmm. um, where it was, it was the, you know, it was tier and it was, I, I honestly don't even remember all the D&D gods now. Because the, there's a lot of them. The there's Raven Queen. so many. Uh, you know, I, like, it had been, for me, it felt like it had been done. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a new, I didn't have a new spin on it. And I thought, you know, because I also didn't want to take a turn at, like, the Greek or the Roman gods. Mm-hmm. Because that's a whole other basket of kittens. Um, but the Norse gods... They they're essentially humans with superpowers, and mm-hmm. so you can like it feels much easier to like turn Thor into someone you can relate to theoretically theoretically relate to, mm-hmm. um, or like 
Loki is so much fun to play. Mm-hmm. And like I can be sneaky and weaselly with Loki uh, and, and also not rip off Marvel and mm-hmm. Tom Hiddleston because that's not who I'm trying to, mm-hmm. you know, reinterpret. Um, but the, I guess the, 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 the best answer is I felt like I could put a new spin on the Norse gods and how, how we perceive them and even how we perceive them in D and D because it's not like, you know, it's like, okay. And you guys have not come across this, but like Mjolnir, if you walked through a field and found Mjolnir sitting in the middle of a field, you, you could probably just go pick it up. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a hammer. It's a, it's a magic hammer, but it's just a hammer. It's not, you know, you don't have to be worthy to lift it. Um, it's a little inside baseball. But, but if it's, if you're trying to use it in combat, it's just going to be a, a hammer. hammer. It's, you're not going to be able to do the things that Thor can do with yeah. it because you're not Thor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice. I have more. I have so many questions. Do it. Um, okay. Which one do I want to, <sighs> to bleep out some of the curse words um oh okay this is what i'm curious about so the twins alpha and albatross yes for the readers um we kind of touched on this briefly when we found them the reason we freaked out was because we played a one shot before the podcast to like get our bearings make sure we knew what we were doing and alpha and albatross were a part of that Uh so my question is um oh wait I actually, hmm, 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 I have to, I'm going to ask a different question. Cause I actually have to check my notes to see if the thing I'm going to ask is a spoiler for season two. Um, but I do have more questions. Um, who has been your favorite villain or just, and or yeah, antagonist to play so far in season one? Um, I like, I like playing, the Marajan because they're shadowy and I, I don't have a, I don't have one specific NPC that is like the Marajan. Um, it's Bracken. It is Bracken. Um, but I can, I can kind of like shell game them and because they're so like dastardly, (laughs) uh, you know, I, I, I can in I can insert an NPC and they can, you know, be villainous, and represent an aspect of that criminal organization. Um, Hazim and I didn't get a plane very long. Hazim is fun. Um, was was, was. <laughs> fair. fair was uh, Hazim was fun, um, even though that was that was just a short time. Um, and honestly, like that's that's a combat I didn't expect you guys to actually engage. I thought you would try to run. Um, okay. Yeah, Nindel was in charge. Whatever. You you, you 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 were not familiar with Galen very well. That's true. Mm. I'm not apparently. See, Galen likes to fight things, and Bracken's not smart enough to run from a fight. <laughs> yeah. Um, Galen was still invisible. That was that was fun. Oh, like, that's right. Galen Galen being invisible. He's like, you can't see me coming, but I can, I'm going to find you. Yep. Uh, and honestly, like thinking through all of season one, the proclity from oh. Serret Brevo. <gasps> terrifying. Oh, that was so that, that, that probably takes the cake. Uh, 
and I don't, I can't remember if I've told you guys this or not. I literally on the spot in combat was coming up, was coming up with him and what he could do. Oh man. Terrifying. Um, I had, I had, cause I, cause I sit for the readers. I sit with my laptop in front of me and I have my notes there and I can, you know, I can pull up a DM screen or what or pull up stats, whatever. So like, as we're talking through, as so, if you go back and you listen to that episode, as Catherine is running and telling Bracken and Galen that you know Dino needs help, I'm coming up with the Brockleti on the fly, <laughs> you know, and trying to figure out, do we need to pause? Okay. Um, so you know, trying to come up with that character and the like, how do I play this and what are the stats and what does it do and blah, 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 trying to come up with that on the spot. That was a really fun one. Um, I felt like as a DM and I, I like to do things to make myself uncomfortable. And so like coming up with that and trying to thread that needle of like, does this fit the story? Cause what I, what I don't want to do is come up with something and it breaks, it breaks the world. Um, which is, which is why I maybe tend to overthink some things sometimes. Um, that happened that happened for something in season two that's getting cut out. Um, but it kind of broke the world and I was like, okay, I gotta, you know, <laughs> I gotta reel that back. Um, but the, the Prokhoti is a good example of me trying to like improvise on the fly, thread the needle of does this work? Um, and I feel like it did. And so he kind of became my favorite villain. That was a good one. Do you have a favorite reaction from one of us when you threw something at us or did something to <laughs> us? Uh, I think a lot of times when I when I'll present something, I think my favorite is the like it's like four kittens trying to figure something out. <laughs> like, oh, there's a yarn ball. We need to put it back in the thing, but it's uh, what do we do with you know, you know. Yeah. Dino's trying to light it on fire and Bracken's trying to eat it. <laughs> Listen. And Catherine's just yelling at both of them. Yeah. And Galen's like, I could play croquet with this. Yeah. <laughs> I got them all. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so that's like seeing and and seeing you spin out. I love that. Because sometimes you like I'll present something and you take like your all of your imaginations go <laughs> way out there. <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's not how this not how this works. <laughs> I've got a question for the for the other players. What is an aspect of a relationship between PCs that you want to explore more? Mm. We do get to explore it a little bit in season two. Um, so I don't want to shed too much light on it. Um, I don't know, maybe cut that out. I don't know. Not sure. Um, but the dynamic between Dindel and Bracken has been really yeah, interesting I was say, I because like their... it's like mm-hmm. that, you know, um, almost like the Prince and the Pauper kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. like Dindel's lived in the castle, very sheltered, mm-hmm. so naive about the world. And then Bracken just very ruined world, by the world like very um mm-hmm. different sides of the track yeah. you know yeah so that's a relationship that's really interesting mm-hmm. um and i've talked to you 
about Dindel's relationship with Catherine and some things that Dindel's got going on in his head. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting to see. That hasn't really come up in game yet, but it's that's things yeah. maybe to come. I mean, Catherine just needs to have a relationship with any of you at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be Accurate. honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think it's interesting Kath, because we've lived with these characters for so long. We've recorded so long. It's interesting to think about in game. It's only been a couple of weeks. Right. And so, I mean, at the end of season one, we've known each other as a group. What? Two and a half weeks. Approximately. Yeah. yeah two and a half, three. maybe three weeks. You've, yeah. you've known Catherine, you've known Dindal a little bit. longer. Yes. And, and I've known yes. Galen just a little bit longer, yeah. but as the a group, group Yep. You know, we're just weeks in. Mm-hmm. And so um, I am excited to see if Cathara ever can trust and open up to you guys. Yeah. Um, she's not a super trusting person anyway. And mm-hmm. so um, Angie wants to spill all of her <laughs> secrets. Mm-hmm. And I, as, as, a, as a player, I'm keeping them from you guys because it's fun to see your reactions when they come out. Mm-hmm. And I want them to be natural, you know, as, and so I am excited for when I can finally tell you guys stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, especially, I think the Catherine Bracken relationship. <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, it, I don't, I have no idea where that could possibly go. It's so bonkers. It's but so, fun. well, it's fun too. Cause like on my end of it, it's like, I have a hard time. Like you said, you have a hard time keeping secrets. I have a hard time being so mean to Catherine because I love Angie so much <laughs> but it's also very entertaining because it's Troy, like that that line was for you Troy yes my brother so. gets really worried when he hears Catherine and Bracken get mean to each other because he's like but you love Angie I'm like I do it's I'm pretending I promise um but yeah it's really fun to have them have like a moment of bonding experience of for example Penelope that wasn't scripted yes. we just immediately decided that we hated her <laughs> looked at each other in game like me and angie looked over and we just go all right we're well, friends on this now yeah and then like probably 10 minutes later we were arguing again so it's like one step forward four back and it's yes. really interesting to see that that happened another time where danny you said oh we're finally gonna be friends yes. and literally we came into that recording session yeah. and immediately butted <laughs> heads and we're yeah. just furious with each yeah. other mm-hmm. just and you danny you were so excited I you were was. like finally you guys <laughs> we're yeah. gonna bond yeah. and then we said absolutely six. not <laughs> i remember being like you guys are probably friends now we had our gelling moment mm-hmm. we're all good and then immediately you guys were like no no, no. <laughs> i find myself whenever angie or whenever Catherine bracken have like a moment of like friendship or like trusting each other or something like when um what was it when phineas died and i yes. came back and like you can tell me on that i find myself whenever we have moments like that just kind of looking at D- danny and just like be like look we're friends i swear and then like 10 minutes later i'm like ah, oh, just kidding my bad <laughs> one of the things that 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 i see because like galen galen looks at kathra Catherine's got it together. Catherine's Catherine's strong this this is what galen sees yeah. Yeah. now granted galen's galen's not very old uh, at the start of the podcast, he was 19, which as a full elf, he's, it's like the equivalent of being like five. <laughs> and, but, but in humans, he's considered mature and an adult, like by his, by his tribe. Well, he sees Cathra 
she's strong. She's got she's got it under control. Then he looks at at Dindal, and he sees Dindal as naive because Dindal's sitting here trying to figure out ways to to finesse his way around combat. And Galen's like, no, this just that that thing needs to be crushed. We gotta go. We gotta go beat the snot out of that thing because it's gonna hurt us if we don't. And so he sees that, but then he he looks at Bracken, and he sees in Bracken all of the the like he thinks Dindal is like he's naive, but he's he's okay. He sees Bracken, and he's like, Bracken is broken. There are there are, especially because. Galen was there for the bowl ceremony. Mm-hmm. He's like Bracken's broken, and then Bracken gets her brother back, their brother back, and Galen's like, "Oh, family, Brellin will help." And then Brellin's like an idiot, in, in like he, Galen's watched Brellin, and he's like, "You're not, you're not helping." Galen's like, "Okay." I have to, I have to protect mm-hmm. Bracken because Bracken can't protect Bracken. Bracken's broken. Brellin ought to be protecting Bracken, but Brellin's a moron. And so Galen's like, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, that's the, that's the one that I have to worry, which, you know, Galen got yelled at because he went back for Bracken's cloak. And there was some some player talk about does does Galen like Bracken? And I was like, no. He just he sees a broken thing and he needs to protect it. And this this was hurting her or them. This was hurting them. And so Galen wants to try to fix that. Mm-hmm. He needs to protect that and try to heal that broken thing. And like he doesn't see Catherine as broken. Catherine is Daniel knows some of the stuff that Catherine's got going on. That Catherine's not necessarily a, a whole a whole person, uh, but <laughs> she's part robot. Yeah. Robot. But he he doesn't see the cracks. Yeah, he sees the cracks in Bracken, and he's like, I have to, I have to protect this thing because the one that should be protecting. Brellin is is not doing a good job, mm-hmm. and so that's one of the reasons I, for the readers, I went and got a tattoo that is for Galen. It's Elvish saying, "I will protect my friends." There we go. <laughs> because cool. Galen's like, I have to do this. Yeah. Oh, I have one other relationship. I'm looking at. Going, you know, building, oh. and that's that's the Narstal Cathra. Mm. Why would you bring it up? <laughs> okay, let's oh. talk about it. Let's, so, oh. uh, by the so this is going to come out uh, from the time we record it. It's going to come out in a, in a week. Um, uh, so it's going to be episode four of Tales by Firelight. Um, and so week three was a flashback episode. Uh, that I I've inserted um, there there's a um, in the episode that they encounter the Proclity their insert Revo Catherine goes 
back to her room because Dindal needs help in combat or really like bringing down a situation and so she goes to get help while she encounters her hammer. Yes. And for Kathra, this is the first time that she's seen the hammer in probably three weeks. Yeah. Um, in, in game. And so there's there's this insert of a flashback. So we if you have if you have questions we can we yeah. can talk about it. I mean, I have no questions. <laughs> I have questions, but you won't answer them. That's I mean uh, yeah, that I'm I'm interested to see. I'm interested to hear what you what you want to know. I cuz I you, know. Obviously. You know what I want to know. I have so many theories and all of them are just insane. Cuz like obviously there's something with Kathra and Naristel. And in our player chat we talked about a lot. Angie had made a comment of how the flashback episode was going to like answer some questions and ex- like explain a lot of things. And then Danny and I were like, this makes it so much more confusing. I have no <laughs> clue what's going on. And many more questions. Um, I have so many more questions. Like I, so I have a note in my phone um, and it's, it's wild. Just so bear with me. <laughs> but I wrote this um, on, in September of 2022 at 1.50 PM. Um, and I wrote, is Catherine married to Naristel? Was she betrothed some random person and then said, screw that and got with Naristel? Are they in love? And then, this is where it gets weird. In all caps, I said, or is he her real dad? <laughs> um, and I don't know where the pipeline from the two came from. Um, but I just, and then I still think they're in love. And then in our player chat, I made a comment of that I was right. Because in the flashback, what was it? One of the brothers says something about uh, Narstal being stupid because he was in love mm-hmm. or something like that. And yeah. I was like, I was right. Like, I was right there in love with each other, and it's great. And then I think it was Danny that was like, well, who do you think that he's in love with? I was like, Katha, for sure. Wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, it might be this other person. So, yeah, I just don't know what's going on. And everyone else seems to, and it makes me upset. (laughs) (laughs) But the player chat yesterday did make me feel a little better that I wasn't the only one extremely confused. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it's Holic that says... um, Mm -hmm. Narsal made a stupid decision because uh, because he's in love, and then he yeah. he carries on. You know, yeah, he and he just on. goes on like it's a Tuesday. Yeah, like that's not a huge revelation. Yeah, well, and, uh, and I I this is uh, a little uh, maybe another little bit of information I told uh, Danny and Meg yesterday that that actually that scene happens in a much bigger scene. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that and wasn't... so this well. might explain some more. Some stuff happened. That yeah. Happen. And it's real fun because Galen, Galen was involved in that scene. Uh, so we all know, but so yeah. I know, <laughs> but but I, and like I haven't even listened to the flashback, mm-hmm. but I I know what happened uh, in large part in in that flashback anyway, and so it's like I I get to I get to watch Danny and Meg lose their minds, <laughs> and I'm like. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. On um, a regular basis. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I will say that the the Narstal Cathra thing kind of came up. Uh, I think you said it was you made a comment in another thing that we did, and you were like, "All right, we're gonna go with that." Yeah. Um. <coughs> sorry. 
So has there been anything for the characters or for the players? Has there been anything else like that that's happened to your character that you were like, oh, I didn't know we were going to go that way with this. And I love it. Like, I love the, the Naristel thing with Cathera. I, I, it's great. But it wasn't something that I came up with. Is there something that you can share that might have been like either a Jordan decision um, that you were like, oh my gosh, that's perfect. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> that's it. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Say it, I can edit it out. <laughs> yeah, say it, and then, yeah. Just the episode where Dino walks out of the bedroom and you're like, <laughs> oh. And like oh, that's why that's, Penelope that's like why, That's why Penelope's after him. <laughs> oh yeah! So <laughs> I was immediately like, he's wearing pants, I swear. He's wearing pants. <laughs> And then we just didn't. He's, he's, he's wearing he's wearing British pants. That's the, <laughs> very tight stockings. <laughs> You're not helping your case here, bud. Oh man, no. It's like I know that's not getting cut out. No, no, nope. it's, nope. it's forever. <laughs> but but has there been anything for you guys? Um, mm. why is everyone looking at me? I don't know. Um, well, I'll, I'll while you're thinking. Yeah, you go, Galen. Galen was originally not a protector. Mm, interesting. Galen was originally, his whole goal was going to be, I have to get stronger and more, more physically powerful. Yep. And that is my only goal. That, that was like when, when, when I made up Galen and we were doing the barbarian feigns and stuff, cause for for people who uh, are interested, rolling stats, I put Galen's highest stats in Dex and Con as a barbarian who is going to be strength based. So you're playing against type. I'm playing against type. Because and his whole goal was going to be, I'm going to become strong enough to basically become a fane leader. That's that was his whole goal. And we got playing, and all of a sudden, I don't know if it's Daniel, my my dad instinct <laughs> kicked in, and all of a sudden, like Galen, he still wants to gain that strength, but now he feels like he has to protect people, and so he is like, yeah, yeah I gotta, I'm, I'm gonna see how I can become stronger. While still keeping these yahoos safe, mm-hmm. yeah. and he was—he wasn't supposed to be a protector. No, he was kind of a he, selfish meathead. Yeah, he was. That was his—that was his point. Wow. And and now cool. that is completely not who he has become. That's cool. Yeah, kind of in that similar vein. Bracken originally Bracken's whole plan went like it, when joining the group was to get their brothers back. Like that's all they care about. Either getting the brothers back or revenge. And when they heard about the money, that may or may not be there. Um, <laughs> it's like, definitely there. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't trust you. Um, <laughs> but Bracken, like, I fully planned on if the opportunity arose, and I might have told you in this, I don't know, but I fully plan on, like, if the opportunity arises, I'm taking money and I'm dipping. Like, I'm leaving. And. So I like I always joked about Bracken dying or like having a backup character because I never I didn't honestly intend for Bracken to be around as long as she they have been because hmm. Bracken was fully going to take what they needed take what they wanted screw you guys over and leave and that's why they didn't sign the contract 
that's right. And like it was a little accidental moment and Jordan was like, Hey, you never mentioned signing it. Do you want to sign it? And I said, no, because <laughs> Bracken doesn't want to be tied to these people because for the last what couple last year, at least they've been completely alone. And then it kind of shifted to, um, whether they realize it or not, they enjoy, they like being in a group of people. They like knowing that someone has their back. Cause that's what they've been used to their whole life. Cause they had Prakash. Um, so yeah, they're still selfish, but not as much. <laughs> they're not as, I think they're not as willing to screw over the party as they were the very, the, the episode one versus the end of season one. Very different people. Like mm-hmm. if you would ask the beginning, Hey Bracken, we do screw over these people. If we brought your brother back, they'd be like, absolutely. It's like, if all these people died, so your brothers can come back. It's like, yeah, no, no brainer. But then at the end of season one, if you're like, Hey, we're going to kill all of your friends, but your brothers come back. They'd be like, well, okay, but 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 wait though. But wait a second. We can do that. But like, wait though. <laughs> <laughs> like they'd hesitate. Which brother? <laughs> yeah. Which, which which brother though? <laughs> uh, I think for Dindel, the most interesting thing has been kind of seeing his like social progression because he's kind of like you were saying, Galen. He's kind of against type. I'm playing a bard that's socially awkward and kind of grows into becoming more socially adept. So it's been kind of fun to see those social moments kind of come about. Um, and like you said, I wasn't expecting the whole sister or mom getting kidnapped thing at all. <laughs> that was completely out of left field for me. Um, so getting to see that and see Dindel go from being this person who just likes things clean and neat and just the things on in his books, but having to see that emotional side kind of pulling on him is interesting because it's not really what I was expecting yeah. Uh, from him because I really kind of designed him to be kind of this um, almost like he's not really as cool as Sherlock Holmes but he's kind of like that like kind of closed off just yeah. wants to do his cases and that's it um, that's kind of Dindell's thing is he just wants to read his books and study and not really get involved yep. you know socially or um, emotionally with people yeah. so right out the gate having that emotional pull on him has been interesting to see and kind of uh the like two people that he cares about most in his whole uh, existence yeah. being at death's door. So like, that was interesting to see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have another question. Um, I don't remember what episode it was, but I think it was when we were either going to the marriage on dungeon or we were leaving the alleyway. Yep. Yes. When we heard, what was it? Someone calling for help, or oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. all of no. our players. That, that was, was the leaving. explosion. That was, was it that, that was leaving. Uh, I don't remember. Somebody's. It was, uh, was leaving the Phineas, shop when we had Phineas leaving Phineas's shop. Was that leaving Phineas's shop? Yeah. That was before. Yeah, we had the. We had no. He was dead. Was he dead? And we were. We, we were leaving with. That's right. We got stuff. And we had heard, and we were like, no, we need to leave. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All of the players were like, okay, we, we can go find out what this is, right? But character-wise, we're like, no, we have yeah. to mm-hmm. keep going. What was that? Because you had made a comment about it being a plot point at one point. Or about it, it could yeah. have been a plot point. Can you tell us now? Can you tell yeah, us? It, it honestly, it was a random encounter. Oh. oh. Yeah. No, it was, it, was, it was a random encounter, and you guys were going to come up against um, probably Ravensguard. Nice. Who are not supposed to be there? Yeah. Oh. So like, okay. why is why is Ravensguard there? Mm-hmm. And so that that gets to a larger point of how I DM mm. <clears throat> in the world not being static mm. because like and this this is not a dig at critical role. Critical role, I 
and granted I've only seen season season one and like half of season two, but like there are there are times that sometimes the world feels a little static, like mm-hmm. they're just they go do a thing and the and the whole world revolves around them. And I know that's not what Mercer does, and that's not again mm-hmm. not a dig. But I want to try. I like I'm trying to. Real world events happen, and again, you like stumble into them. Mm. Um, uh, it's very much uh, 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 Uncle Ben in Peter Par- in Spider Man. Uncle Ben mm-hmm. goes to the convenience store, and he just happens to get. He happens to be there when a mugger gets there. Mm-hmm. And then there's alternate versions where it's Aunt May, or it's mm-hmm. you know somebody Whatever. else. Um, and so like that, the thing in the alleyway that was. You know, something was happening, yeah. and you just happened to be there. You know, do you stumble into it or not? Yeah. Okay. That is. <clears throat> Sorry, I feel like that's a letdown. <laughs> no, you're no. good. So At least we, we were just really theories. curious. Yeah, we were all like, "Oh, what's happening?" So, what was, uh, what was it like going on a regarding when we went back to that area? What was it like to have to uh, try to play? A gem seller uh, <laughs> going going after uh, a one of the basically the romance yeah. for the because for me playing the other side of that I was just having fun yeah uh, was it was it fun for you or was it awkward no it's it's fun the the what I love about NPCs is sometimes the absurdity. Of, of them like the gym seller mm-hmm. or sometimes the subtlety I feel like Loki is a good example of like subtlety or being crafty mm-hmm. because you I feel like you know this like you don't know if Loki's lying to you that makes me so mad because if he's telling the truth like oh no mm-hmm. <laughs> you know uh, like pawns in Loki's hand mm-hmm. um, when when he says like I'm protecting you from Thor. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys, you guys are making a racket, and I'm tr- trying to do my best. Yeah. And so yeah. it's 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 it it's it's me being subtle, and it's it's playing like trying to f- essentially force you into into a decision. Like, do we, you know, do we do this thing? And and then then there's the absurd. <laughs> the you know me me being a. I don't know, 80-year-old gnome flirting with a 12-year-old barbarian. <laughs> 18, he was leaving. Okay. 18. 18. Is that weird. weird? Not illegal. It's not weird at all. He is just speaking like this. It was the accent, for it was sure. It was the accent. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> and Dindel was like, yeah, totally. You can totally go on a date with him. I'll send him back. <laughs> but across the spectrum, it's, it's, it's the, like, where can I, you know, where can I make it fun? Because if... If you come to a gym seller and they're just like, hey, I've got gyms. Here you go. Bye. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't tell a good story. But mm-hmm. it tells a good story if I'm, you know, this kind of like, you know, loosey-goosey uh, gym seller. She was our victor. She was. Yes. <laughs> she was. Um, speaking of NPCs. Yes. Um, uh, was the decision to bring Brellin and Lyra in? Was that planned the whole time? What we've all got these cards in front. You can't see us, obviously, but Can we've we got our cards in front of us. You know, what? When did you decide to do that? Was that from the start? What? What was that? Uh, so it was not from the start. It was so after I had killed 
um, Phineas. Phineas. The you have you have the revelation of like there's a thing in his shop. We got to go get it. Mm-hmm. And I was I thought, how do I like how do I not just make that like oh we go pick up a thing? Mm-hmm. Um, well, is it justice? Yeah, justice. Mm-hmm. He makes the comment to Bracken like oh Phineas has got a thing for you. Yeah. And and you're like oh well he's you know. He's not seen me do enough yet. And he's like, yeah, you'd be surprised, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so I thought, okay, I can, I can make this emotional tie to Bracken through, through the loss of their friend. Um, and because he's, a, because he's a smuggler, you know, he, he comes across, you know, he, he's, he's paid to, to smuggle things. Well, sometimes those things don't make don't make them there or don't make the place that they're going. Yeah. And so over the years he had, he had accumulated all of these things and he knew, he knew that Bracken had a target uh, on their back. Several, several targets. And after, so for him, it's a conscious decision after the bowl ceremony to say, okay, like they need help. And obviously he didn't plan on dying, you know, mm-hmm. but he had been preparing this thing for you. And so yeah, in outside of game, it, it took me about a week to come up with, with that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, again, wanting to, wanting to subvert expe- uh, expectation and not, not to, not to take, you know, not to take, I didn't want to take something away from you. Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't know about the cutting and running, mm-hmm. um, yep. but if if I can subvert your expectation of like, I you know, hey, I'm looking for my brother, and suddenly I have my brother back. What, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I think that it, was the moment that I was like, oh well, yeah. huh? <laughs> yeah, and, I may and, not have to ditch these people to get my brothers back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and with with Kathra and Lyra. So, because I knew I knew the the friendship that was there with Amber, mm-hmm. like and that closeness just being severed. Yeah. Um, essentially, you know, Catherine's a kite in the wind, mm-hmm. and she may seem, you know, not not, not stoic but stalwart, mm-hmm. and like I'm firm, but on the inside, Catherine's melting down. Yeah, Catherine's about Absolutely. to she's about to explode. Yeah, and Catherine. Catherine always needs a, Catherine, from the DM's perspective, Catherine always needs a tether. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was partly Naristel, but he's away and he's doing a thing. Mm-hmm. And Catherine's running headlong into Dindal's stubbornness and Bracken's stubbornness and Galen's stubbornness and trying to, trying to do this thing that she's been asked to do. So how do I... It was, it was, how do I, how do I ground Cathra? Yeah. Or how do I, how do I help, you know, give Cathra a tether? Mm-hmm. And the tether became Lyra. Um, yeah. So. Um, but that's, that's, that's kind of, that's how I thought through those decisions. That answers a question that I was going to, going to ask was why, why did, 
Bracken, you know, Bracken got a brother back. Cathra got this magical warrior. Why, why did Dindal not get a person? Why did Galen not get a person? You know, Galen got uh, a bump to his strength, yeah. but it doesn't. You know, why? Why did why did those two get people yeah. not? The other two, yep. like where, what was the thought process behind that? Yeah. So, well, so, so the the deck that he had gathered called the deck of necessity, because right? because I, I didn't want to just make it a deck of a deck of many things. Darn, I know, right? <laughs> because that is that is chaos, and it's a can, it can be a campaign ender. We saw that in Danny's game. <laughs> um, Definitely took us through a loop where uh, Daniel's character got trapped in a gym or a, a bubble. And yeah. he got transported to the plane of fire, so we had to like traverse the city of brass, and that was fun. Um, but it, de- it derailed the campaign for months, several months. Um, and so I didn't want to do that. And so when I when I was like, oh, deck of necessity. So my my question is, the DM became, what does what does this person need? Catherine needs a tether. Uh. Bracken, Bracken needs relationship because she doesn't, or they don't have it. And so who do they have relationship with? Well, it's, it's a toss up. It's one of the two. Um, hmm. And Brellin is the one that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Brellin's the one she felt, the, or they felt the most guilt over. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so prior to the podcast, Bracken goes on this year long murder spree. Mm-hmm. And, racked full of guilt on top of the guilt they already feel for the loss of Brelin. So how, as the DM, how do I assuage, how do I assuage the guilt? You give them back the, the, the trigger for their guilt. Mm-hmm. Brelin, Brelin is from my perspective, the trigger for the guilt. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And so to, you know, it, it starts with the bowl ceremony mm-hmm. and it ends like the the first part of Bracken's arc starts at the bull ceremony and ends with getting Brellin back. Now that mm-hmm. arc's not complete. Uh, the overall story is not complete because mm-hmm. Brakesh is still out in the wind. Mm-hmm. But you getting Brellin back assuages half of your guilt because mm-hmm. you really don't. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't feel guilt over Brakesh. They do feel guilt over Brakesh, but it's a different kind of guilt. Yeah. The guilt that they feel over that I feel over Brakesh is of um, is just of the oh I wasn't there to protect my brother and my brother died because I wasn't there. The guilt they feel over Brelin is they raised this kid like yeah. them and Bra- them Brakesh the the twins raised Brelin, and so like yes he is their younger brother, but he's also kind of their kid. In a mm-hmm. weird yeah. extent. And so it was a guilt of not being able... And because when Brakesh died, he was able to defend himself. He obviously didn't do it very well. But like he had the ability to fight. He could fight back. He had weapons. He wasn't powerless. Whereas yeah. Brelin was 12. Brelin was 11, 12 years yeah. old. Like he was young. He couldn't defend himself. Yeah, And it was the guilt of, one, I left this kid who can't defend himself home alone. And my son essentially just got murdered. Yeah. Um, so it they definitely do feel guilt over both, but it's just very different kinds. Mm-hmm. 
and and so the so then there's there's the mirror with the bowl ceremony. Mm-hmm. You killed you killed this guy's son, mm-hmm. and yep. you know you're you're holding him in your arms when your target walks in, mm-hmm. and you're saying you know you're you're crying brawling 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 over and over again. Yeah. Um. And and so so completing that arc, getting mm-hmm. getting Brelin back, closes that loop. Yeah. It allows it allows Bracken to begin to heal. Mm-hmm. You know, and move you know move into maturity in things that happen yeah. later on. It's um, definitely interesting too because Bracken never really processed any of it. Yep. Like their version of processing was becoming a murderer, um, which for the readers that's not healthy. Just putting that <laughs> out there, you shouldn't do that. So I think it's also been very interesting because when Brelin comes back, I was like, oh, oh, they have this, their brother back. Oh, how do I, now they have to process the fact that he died in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> and they get real protective for a hot second. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a touch. Just a little bit. Okay. Next question. Um, I have one for you that you asked all of us. Vex or Vax? Uh- <laughs> Okay, this is this is hard. Uh huh. Um, yep. Probably I'm asking. <laughs> probably Vax. It's like forty nine fifty one. Yeah. You know. Um, We're a majority Vax table. <laughs> yeah. That tracks. Tracks. I think because I love Liam O'Brien. I know um, Danny and I were Vax. Boy. Which of you was Vax? Because it was one of the two of you. Angie. It was Angie. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I do like Vax. Oh, yeah. I will say, controversial opinion. I like animated Vexalia better than live, like better than the show Vexalia. Okay. I I feel like they distilled a lot of Laura's like Laura isms mm-hmm. into um into how Vexalia acts because mm-hmm. a lot of times you would lose like. She would say something as Vexalia, and then she would say something as Laura, and it kind of got blurred. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, I feel like this is a very good, it's a distillation of that character. Mm-hmm. Um, All the Vex people are going to come after you. Now. I know, right? Yeah. Okay, so you asked us this about, and this goes along with this question, like, is there any part of you in any NPCs? Ooh, yes. that's a yeah. good one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, every villain all of them <laughs> yeah um yes there is uh so okay Phineas is a good example Phineas is I didn't write him romantically but mm-hmm. like as a as like an older brother kind of deal mm-hmm. that's kind of how he in game Phineas did have a thing for Bracken at one point Gross. but it's I know right <laughs> But he, but he's grown to see them as like a little sister, mm-hmm. and so, like, there's for me there's that distillation of seeing you as a little sister in a way. Um, uh, all of all of the brothers, Narstel, Balthazar, Halleck, and Jericho, um, I feel like those are like different facets of me in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh no, who's buzzing? <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I feel like I feel like they are all distillations of me. Um, maybe more than any, maybe more than any of them. Probably Holic. Mm. Um, 
just because. Uh, I think. Uh, well, Holic and Marion are are my two favorite NPCs, um, and to me, they are like if you've read Lord of the or if you've read Tolkien, Baron and Luthien. They are my kind of Baron and Luthien. This like epic love story between the two of them. Uh, and so, like, I'm very much invested in both of those characters. Um, uh, Calrin. Calrin, I love him. Um, he He's fun to play because he pisses Bracken off. He's so mad. <laughs> and uh, to- completely unintentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning. Now it's on purpose. Yeah, now it's on now purpose. It's on purpose. <laughs> Yeah, because you went and made it a thing, and I'm like, oh, I have to play the type now. Well, and I accidentally, like, I didn't accidentally, I called him a coward on purpose, but that wasn't to be a jerk. That was just a thing that I do as a genuine person, as my friends can attest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just to egg people on, and then it, he did not like it. There's <laughs> yeah. a, a question, another question for the table. Which NPC do you think your character likes the least uh, like, like of the of the ones that are not antagonists to us yeah no not marjan not, not of the of the npcs that your character has met which one do you think they like the least i don't know i mean you say not antagonistic towards us like because i know angie and i's <laughs> I, I, know, I, I specifically nice. said Penelope. NPC. Oh, yeah. I know Penelope. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was gonna say I know Angie nice and it's Penelope. <laughs> <laughs> but does she count as antagonistic towards us? Because I would think so. Um, I don't no. think Catherine likes anyone. Let's That's be true. honest. Mm-hmm. I don't like Penelope at all. Um, I still think she's the big bad. <laughs> um, she's got some stuff going on, and I don't trust it. Oh, was was Penelope? planned oh yeah um aspects of her were planned okay so okay okay. uh so i did session zeros with all of you um danny i did three session zeros with i think yeah because we did yeah because forget about that so like some of the story evolved in a different way and so i we kind of altered it Mm -hmm. um but penelope i brought up like and, and I'm gonna very much like like Catherine had, had Catherine the hammer. Um, Dindal has a uh, like a graduation ceremony, and uh, the little col- the the King's College that he goes to, um, the group of students that he graduates with. You meet you've met two of them already. You've met Penelope, and then you've met uh, Selvig, uh, who was murdered. Right. Um, and so I introduced both of those in that and then brought them forward, you know, to, to the game. Um, and so I had, I, I had the, the one in session zero and then I had the, I literally like, I think my notes say, uh, like have Dindal roll a, roll a, you know, perception check, see if he notices. And I rolled hers and she rolled a nat 20. Oh, no. So she automatically, like, even if you had hidden, she would have found you. <laughs> like, she's just like, ding, radar. Oh, no. Um, so her, her meeting you in the in the thing was planned, but the 
the vampiric touch, the trying to the headbutting. Yeah, what eventually became the, the clash that was not planned. That was <laughs> that was you guys started reacting, and I was like, okay, I gotta beef, I gotta beef her up, you know. So then I'm gonna, you know, I'm I'm going to act off of you, you know. You're amping up the antagonism. I'm gonna amp it up, you know. And yes, she's she, granted she's super shady. Um, Don't trust her. Yeah. Sorry, back to the other yeah. question. Dindal, yeah. Dindal, who's uh, who's your least favorite? Honestly, Dindal's so naive. I don't know if he has someone he doesn't like naturally dislike. Yeah, I'm having a hard time thinking. Like, who does Dindal not like? There's a whole lot of characters that Danny does like, doesn't trust and everything. But I'm trying to think if Dindal has someone that he's like, I don't trust that person. I don't know. I didn't so, think about okay. that one. So who does Danny not trust? Oh gosh, I'm looking at my notes. <laughs> who does Danny lists. trust? Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Who does oh, we can't talk about that one because I was in season two. Dang it. Um, wait, what was the question again? Who do you personally not trust? <laughs> oh, so many people. <laughs> it's very weird playing a character that's like very naive like that. Because mm-hmm. I'll be like, I'm gonna roll to touch that piece of painting that I know is gonna blow up in my face. Oh my god! Boom! <laughs> Knew yeah. that was gonna happen, but that's what he would do. Um, so like we've talked about the king. Dindel uh, trusts him implicitly. Mm-hmm. Like, whereas Danny is like, I don't know if he's being completely like upfront about certain things. Like, I've had my own personal like worries about Roland. Like, is, is there something going on with that and everything? But like, Dindel trusts them completely. Yeah. Dindel mm-hmm. like knows that like the king has done a lot to help him. So like, that's a blind spot for him maybe. But you know, no. that's kind of Dindel though in a nutshell. Yeah. What about Galen? Any NPCs he doesn't trust specifically Galen, or like? Galen really dislikes Naristel. Oh, interesting. Oh, wow. Galen, Galen, like, there's some stuff that you guys don't know. Uh, Catherine knows. What, what are those things? Catherine knows. Okay. Because uh, Catherine was there for it. <laughs> yeah. There are some things Galen. Galen, if not for uh, Hollick, Galen probably would not have signed on mm. to the to the contract. Thanks, um, Hollick. But because of the relationship he had with Hollick, he's like, okay, I'll I'll sign this contract. But yeah, Galen, Galen really really butted heads with Naristel and does not like him at all. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Like he, I don't know that he distrusts that Naristel's being truthful, Mm. but Galen doesn't necessarily like the way Naristel does things. Mm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. On the same, like the opposite, is there someone that your character completely trusts? And my char- your, your character, your character. Oh, um, I think Bracken thinks that they trust Brelin, but I really don't think that they do. Does Meg? No, okay, not at all. Mm-hmm. Not even a little bit. I've said this to them. I'm like the only people, the only characters so far that Meg personally genuinely trusts are the other part people in the party. 
like Dindal, Cathra, Galen. That's it. But that's not. But that's, that's not, not Bracken. Bracken. No, Bracken firmly believes that the only person they can trust is themselves and now Brelin. And I think they have trust in the group, but it, I, they won't admit it. And I don't think they've realized that. Um. But yeah, no. Main just right now. They I think they think they can trust Brelin, but there I think there's been some doubt placed in their mind of if he had to choose between his position and his rank and whatever that is and Bracken. Bracken doesn't know if he would choose them. Bracken wow. doesn't think that he would choose them. Wow. Mm-hmm. So not really. What about you guys? <laughs> <laughs> You're smart, I, I feel like I don't want to answer because then the DM's going to use this against us. Right? Oh, absolutely. We just text this group chat. Yeah, this, is, <laughs> this is just fuel for your fire. Jordan, take your headphones off. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to hear this. Cathar uh, uh, is Narstel. Yeah. Gross. Mm-hmm. With, without, I mean, but there's, I mean, you heard it in, in I think, I don't know if we said it at all in the first season, but uh, in last week's episode, um, there's a 20 plus year history there. That's Wait. older than some of you people. Which is. Hey, it's not Galen. Galen had a, a fun thing. Galen's as older than Galen at the beginning. Yes. But. Yeah, that's um, how time but, works. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, Narastel. <laughs> Catherine completely trusts Narastel. Yeah, so kind of like I just said before, the king is probably one. Uh, Even after this? Like at the I end of season one. Dyndale still extends a lot of grace and trust towards the king, even mm-hmm. after the execution and everything. Um, his sister would be another one. Mm-hmm. And that's already been used against me, so you can't use it again. And um, I think so, Balthazar. Okay. I think Balthazar is another one that Dindel, um trusts. There's probably a lot more because, like I said, Dindel's not. <laughs> Dindel like. Does Dindel does Dindel trust the others? Oh, in the absolutely. Party? Okay. He's too he's too oh, naive honey. to like to have the secrets. Like oh, he just like shares with you guys. You guys ask him like, I oh yeah, I did this, I, I did that, that, I did this, I did that. Like he's too naive to really like think things shouldn't be shared like he's kind of got more of an idea of if there's information out there everyone should know it you know part of his academic history i will admit that i angie is unsure about dindal how much you how much oh, i think dindal's is, hiding some, i think yeah. Danny's hiding some how stuff. much you're actually we, like no this is this is how this is how dindal is and how much it's like, mm. it's, it's like a mask yeah oh, like, we've a hundred percent gone back and we've forth, had like, this conversation for like almost hours at one point because yes. it was i was like okay it, but is he doing because angie was like but he's so honest i'm like but is he doing that thing where he gives you so much information at once that you're like, oh, that's everything. There's no way there's more than that. But there for sure has to be. Yeah. There's no way you're just like that. <laughs> are, or are you actually the shadiest one? Am I the really yeah. shady yeah. yeah. Plot twist. He's the big bad. There you yeah. go. Um, we have had that conversation. <laughs> Jordan's just taking notes. Right. <laughs> Daniel? So, uh, Galen, Galen has various areas in his brain of trust. I think the only person he trusts completely in all areas is Ulf, his grandpa. Wow. Or is Ulf still alive? Yeah. Yeah. Ulf's Ulf's still alive. Uh, Well, as far as Galen knows, Ulf's still alive. Uh, I mean, Jordan just called him off. Hasn't been back to the Fanes in a a hot (laughs) minute. So 
but the last the last contact Galen had, Ulf was alive. Um, in in matters of uh, like combat, because that's a big one for Galen. A big area is can I trust you in a fight? Yeah. Uh, he, he trusts Cathra. Who do you not trust in combat? <laughs> Bracken and and Dindal. Okay, that's what like, yeah. Bracken, Bracken so is is too much of a wild card. Yeah, watching watching Bracken fight Galen's like I don't know that I could trust them to if we go in with a plan to to follow the plan. Nope. And he's all of the all of the combat that he has seen Dindal do. He's like he doesn't know what what's going on in a fight. So he doesn't trust Dindal at all in a fight. Yeah. In good, good, probably for the best. In knowing things, he trusts Dindal because he's seen Dindal has way too many books, <laughs> and so he he trusts. Like if he asks Dindal, "Hey, what what is this thing?" If Dindal gives him an answer, he's probably going to believe the answer. But he, he like. Because of because of Galen's personality in protecting people, he probably Catherine's probably the only one that he would trust to protect something. Like if if it was Galen has to go do something else, who's going to protect? Catherine's the one that's going to protect. Yeah. Galen Galen does not trust <laughs> the other two to be able to protect themselves. Much less anything else. Yeah, that's fair. It's probably for the best. Hmm. Has has Dindal by the end of season one has Dindal actually damaged anything uh, besides yes. himself? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I cast a damaging spell. I think one of my spells does damage. Um, vicious oh, mockery. that's right. You did vicious mocker, and you did you did told, told the dead. Told the dead one time. That's yeah. right. So yeah, you have done a little bit of damage, but but it's minimal. It's yeah, very, it's very minimal. It's like single digits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, someone else have a question? I keep I keep asking questions. Let me look at my list. While you're looking at your list, mm-hmm. um, when you built your characters and thinking about this, you obviously did not build as a damage Mm -hmm. dealer. You built as a damage dealer since we've played one season. Well, season and a half. Is there anything that you would change about your build? Um, we all know my answer. I changed my build in the middle. So homebrew to build. Yeah. (laughs) We We just made a whole new thing. Yes. (laughs) Um, I don't know if I would necessarily change it, but since we came up with the um, concept and started recording everything, um, a subclass called the, it's actually a wizard subclass, um, the School of the Scribe, I want to say it is. I look at that and I was like, oh, that would kind of like fit Dindel too. Uh, but I kind of like where we built them and everything, mm-hmm. but um, that's one of those ones I saw that I was like, oh, that kind of would have fit Dindel like to a T as far as like everything, but I kind of like... We did it. So Galen, Galen was built as a combat class, like straight up. He was he was not designed for social encounters. <laughs> you know, he was he was going to be the strong and silent type. 
and then we have a game that's 90% ish not combat and I'm like well uh, I did not build Galen for this that's for sure um, and it's been, like it's been fun to play him and I don't I don't necessarily regret but like there are there are times when I'm like he's not and it's I'm I'm having to play against type because he's not the wisest like he's okay wisdom he's okay intelligence he's not charismatic and I'm like that's not that, you know his he, his his build would be a great one for like we're just going to you know sit around and play a game less so for a for a podcast like uh, that he was he was not designed to be efficient yeah. in a in an exploration and social interaction game he was designed to be efficient in a let's go kill some things game so that's that's a bit of a of a disadvantage for me playing him um not really i mean i bracken was actually originally going to be multi-classed I was originally going to do Bracken. It was very early on. Bracken was going to be a rogue bard. Because um, I wanted magic. And I think I forgot that arcane tricksters were a thing. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, okay, bards have to go to school. Bracken's not going to do that. Um, <laughs> so now I, I always kind of made them to be sneaky. And I mean, they're super weak. I think I have like a seven strength. And like, I personally would like to change it just because I don't like failing on strength checks. Um... <laughs> But you know, I will say, I told you you could re-roll that. Yeah, I know, I know. Okay. <laughs> I think it's fun. Um, but you know, I'm pretty happy with where Brackens at. Um, again, they were always made to be kind of semi decent at most of it mm-hmm. um, because of what their job is and what they do. Their whole deal is like, okay, I have to kind of be like jack of all trades. Like I have to be able to kind of make my way through this situation and pretend that I know what I'm doing. So. I, I have a question. Okay. It's a, it's a, it's a reader question. Um, and I told you this was going to be a question I asked. Um, this is from, again, a good friend of ours and my brother-in-law, Timothy. <laughs> um, it's about Phineas. Oh, okay. Yep. So Timothy asks when <laughs> the candle shop burned. Yeah. You know what this question is. Timothy asks, when the candle shop burned, what smelled worse, the candles or Phineas? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my that was Timothy's question. Oh, gosh. <laughs> my, my, still my answer is uh, the candle shop because despite a dead body, uh, you, you, it's, hard to, it's hard to overcome that uh, sandalwood and patchouli. <laughs> oh. yeah. here's, the, here's the thing. A burning body? Smells like burning meat. Yeah. Like we we. <laughs> You're terrible. You're no, breaking Meg. Stop. That's that's the truth though. It's it's yeah. it's, it's, it's as bad. It smells honest, like burning a burning was, a steak. It was it was covered by all the other candles. By all the other candles. Yeah. Like the There's candles. So the the smell is going to come from the candles. <laughs> you know the the Phineas is going to smell like like meat. overcooked meat. Yeah. <laughs> because you know we someone we, making as, a roast in here. It's going yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that 
Thank Shame you, Timothy. Shame on you, Timothy. Shame Thank on you. Thank you. So <laughs> there I, we go. There's the the difference. Shame on you. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> so here's here's a question about that because we had a, a misunderstanding about the the candle shop when we went back to it. Yeah. Um, was it was it wards on the building placed by Phineas that kept because a candle shop with all that flammable stuff made out of wood mm-hmm. that building. And probably two or three buildings next to it should have been, if it if it all caught on fire, should have been burnt to the ground. Yep. So was it was it wards placed by Phineas, or is it wards because we talked about there are wards under the city? Is it yep. wards from the crown that kept the sh- the shop from spreading fire to because? We all, we know that Hollick set a fire that that burned through the the warehouse district severely. Yep. yep. Was it Phineas's ward or like I guess Kalrin being them being related? You know, wards placed by them or was it wards placed by like the crown because it's a candle shop and if that burns, it's going to burn like nobody's business. Uh, no, it's and it's not actually wards. It's a stone like. Shop is made out of stone. Okay. His stone's not made, out, or his shop's not made out of wood. Okay. And so, you know, I wouldn't build a candle shop in a in a log cabin. <laughs> that just seems ridiculous. Coward. Coward. <laughs> right. uh, but but yes. So this like this this district that that Phineas is in. That's all. It's 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 kind of a step up. Okay. So they're all stone. They're all stone and glass buildings, anyways. Okay. Somebody went through and played Minecraft in all of it. <laughs> there you go. Good times. Hmm. Any other? I just have a general one. It's not about the podcast. It's just a fun question. Yeah. For the table, um, where do you think you would belong, Sealy or Unsealy Court? If you went to the Phalo. You'd be see- Unsealy. Unsealy. Interesting. Galen or Daniel? Both, actually. I'm curious. I think Galen might be too chaotic. Like he's he's very moral in his own mind. Mm-hmm. Like he's I he is lawful good because he has his own code. But I don't know how that code would match up with the courts. Mm-hmm. I would probably be Sealy as a, a Daniel. Yeah. Um, but I I don't know enough about this the Sealy versus the Unsealy and how their moral code would would cross reference with Galen's. Sure. Yeah. I'm legitimately reading the Wikipedia <laughs> right now because I have no Angie. idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll need a refresher. It's been a while since I've done Fairy Wild and stuff. The Sealy has a queen and cannot tell lies. Mm. Um, they have fair folk, unicorns. They're noted as beautiful. The Unsealy has a king and can tell lies. They are harsh in punishment and often have grotesque creatures like goblins and... Uh, yeah. Usually one's just a little more cruel, typically, right? That's more Roughly. of the... fairy tale version versus the D&D version. The yeah. D&D version's a little different. Yeah, I'm going off. Yeah, I know more of the Fae 
lore versus the D and D as much, but I'd probably be on ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. Although, like I've always said, am I on ceiling or am I just Fern Calloway? <laughs> All right, I have a fun question. Oh, just like because um, people can't see us playing. And I feel like those that play D and D, this is an important question. How many sets of dice do you play with at the table? <laughs> let's start. Let's start I with feel, Jordan. I start, start. How many? How many dice uh, do you have? Yeah. How many should. dice? Um, let's see. You can count them on one hand. Yeah. <laughs> I, I no. I legitimately I play with probably no more than three, Psycho. maybe four sets, because I'm insane. <laughs> uh, I think I have two full sets, and then I have a couple of extras. Like I keep a couple extra D6s and stuff like that. I have four sets that I play with along with uh, some extra, uh, I think I mentioned it in the podcast, uh, I have some D6s that are made out of camel bone. And so the, when I, when I throw actual throwing, I'm throwing bones, I'm actually throwing pieces of bone that have, uh, markings on them so but it's and it's like one of the sets has four extra d it's like the four d it's the 11 mm. piece it's a four d6 and it comes with two d20 so i have i have extras of some of them mm-hmm. but it's it's primarily four sets <laughs> <laughs> um you are laughing because we have so many I only, I think I only bring 12 sets to play with. Yeah. I have like between 10 to 12 full sets. Yeah, full sets. And then I have some um, extra. I have a couple just lone D20s that I like. I have the Vox Machina Mm -hmm. D20 set that I use. I also have, like, I have a really big D20. I have a couple big D20s that I use for like big things. Um, I have a couple like, like, I have some of the camel bone D6s I think I use for something. Um, sneak attack probably um, <laughs> when you remember <laughs> when I remember how to play my character um, yeah between like 10 to 12 full sets and then but then after like the end of the session extra. you only have like 5 sets that you can actually oh. use the rest oh. of the yes. jail. Yeah, oh, yeah you have to throw so many I, in dice jail I have a little um, like toxic waste candy container that I use as my dice jail and it gets full pretty quick pretty quick like I pre-roll at the beginning and if they roll ones I'm not doing it I'm not messing with it. Um, but yeah, I usually can't use full sets by the end of the game. <laughs> I will admit that I have, I think it's 14 sets, but I typically only play with one or two for the game. Mm-hmm. The rest of them just look pretty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, just has, like, you have, yeah. Well, but you have different, you have, you have Cathra dice and then you have Lyra dice. That is true. I do and have so yeah. you, you roll different dice for I Catherine do not, and Lyra. I do not use the same dice for don't, the two characters. I, I have a set that I use for Brelin specifically. Yeah. He's only got one set. But. And see, Galen, Galen's the only one I play, so I don't have to worry about <laughs> having multiple. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so on the topic of dice, we've talked about this and we've had this conversation as players before. But how many dice do you have? <laughs> Let's start on that side. <laughs> My thing because I have it written down somewhere. Uh, I don't remember. Approximately, Rough. yeah, like exactly over a hundred, over five hundred, over a thousand. Like, I probably got like two hundred something die. Yeah, yeah. I don't have. I'm not. I'm not a goblin dice hoarder. Unfortunate. 
Right, right, right. It's one of my one of my few faults. Hmm. I mean, the thing is, two hundred dice is still you know, <laughs> it's if lot. it's a set of seven, you're still looking at what? About almost almost thirty yeah, full sets. Twenty eight, twenty nine. Roughly. So, you know, that's still a, a decent number. Yeah. This is all I have. One bag. That's really? it? Yeah. That's Wait, everything that's you own? Everything? That's all my dice. How no. many is that? Including the new metal ones that your student gave no, you? No, I haven't bought those ones because those are special boxes. There's no way that's yeah. all how, of your how dice. How many is that? I don't know. Probably under 100. For the readers, it, he's holding a bag that's like... Smaller than a water bottle. Smaller than a water bottle. It's like half... I mean, it's water bottles, yes. No, it's like no, a banana no, and a no. half. Yeah, it, that's well, here's a water bottle right here. See, yeah, that's, and then the the actual amount of the actual amount. It's of dice, literally right? a water bottle, so like a regular a half liter, like a sixteen ounce. Yeah, the, yeah, that's, that's insane. I used primarily my Vox Machina Kickstarter one. Crazy person, and then a couple other ones. Yeah, Daniel, you can answer. So I don't know how many dice are actually mine. Okay, okay. We, we have. Okay, maybe I should answer this because Daniel had dice that were his. Yeah. Another. And night. then they were pretty, and so <laughs> I, I. Put, then they were pretty. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I like those. Um, between the two of us, I think we're at about. Well, I bought more this weekend. He doesn't know about yet. They're in the mail. Um, oh, I, I saw the I saw the Amazon <laughs> notification. So. Um, so there's more coming. I think we're at about thirteen to fourteen hundred. Jeez. Yeah, I I don't share mine with other people, um, but I have over a hundred full sets. I have almost eight hundred die. So here's the thing. There's a, there's a difference between sharing. <laughs> And having your stuff appropriated. The, That's true. One, like the government doesn't share. They they use eminent domain and they appropriate your stuff. My wife doesn't share. She, just, she appropriates. Because her dice are hers and my dice are hers. Yeah. And that's that's, that's the way this works. My and di- her my dice are not children's mine. dice are mine. That's true. And uh, if there's dice in a board game and there's a lot of them. Those I are think, yours. Those are mine too. No, I, Yeah. It might not be that many. The last we actually counted, I have a spreadsheet, and I haven't added to it in yeah. a year. And we were at, um, like a thousand and fifty. I need to get more dice so I have more than you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that's a wise financial investment. Shh, don't worry about it. Any other uh, burning questions you want to ask me? I got one. Okay. If of the dice you own, if your house burned down and you could only save one set of <laughs> dice, mm. which ones are the ones that you would save? Mm. I'd probably save those cool dragon ones. I got some really cool dragon ones from a student um, for Christmas, um, and they're like really, really cool metal ones. Yeah. I'll probably save those ones. I have a oh, full set. Dang it. Because I, I have two that I really like, but I have a full set that I got from my friend Kate. Um, and it's a metal set and it's got like skulls on it. It's like pirate themed. And they're super cool. Mine are not at the house, but if they were at the house, I have a glass set that Daniel got me for um, one of our wedding anniversaries. And so that's, that's the one I would save. Um, I've got a replica of like the original 
like D and D dice sets. Oh wow! Um, uh, I play with the like I DM with those, and so I would probably use the same those. Mine would probably be. I've got a a set that is. It's got it's a clear resin and it's got like moss and copper fleck in no, that's it. That's cool. I would probably save that one. All right. I don't know if this is a a good an ending question, but um, what are you most looking forward to in the upcoming seasons? Mm. Um. When I built Dindel, I very much was thinking of like his end goal and what he would be like. So I'm really excited seeing Dindel continue to grow. Like, I very much like at the beginning, you see how weird and silly and awkward he is and everything. So seeing him grow um, and stuff is fun. So I'm really excited to see more growth from him and becoming more socially adept as a human. <laughs> I think I'm looking forward to. Uh, trying to trying to figure out how Galen is going to to do what he needs what he what he's set out to do and juggling that with his new what he feels called to do which is protecting this this group especially the broken ones Um, I really am excited to explore the relationship with Bracken and Loki because mm. it's so interesting to me. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And Second. it definitely, it started, Bracken didn't, has never trusted Loki, but I think they got, before they got Relan back, they got very close to it at one point. Um, and then as they, as, cause for them, they're like, oh, this is a normal way that people re- interact with gods. Like, this is a normal thing for this god to ask me to do. And then they meet these new people, and they're like, hey, this god's, like, super toxic. <laughs> your your ex is, like, real bad for you. <laughs> and they're like, oh, snap. Um, and then getting Brelin back was kind of that snap of, like, oh, I don't actually need you. Um, so I'm very interested to see how that progresses because Bracken's like real close to saying I don't want your magic I don't want anything from you leave me alone don't talk to me again I'm blocking your number (laughs) um there have been a couple times I'm not gonna lie that I've thought about it um but yeah I'm interested to see how that progresses downhill um I am super excited to see where Catherine gets to go when Mm. she is her own person Mm. um and um, yeah, getting to make her own decisions. Um, and obviously, uh, no, it's a same old, same old, but I'm, I'm really interested to see where her relationship in Narstals goes, like what that relationship looks like. Nice. Jordan, what do you, um, so we've talked a lot about like, or like the, the, the main thrust of everything right now is like the library mm-hmm. and, that is one of at least three arcs that I have planned. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm excited to see where that goes. I'm excited to see if I need to change course on the others. Um, you know, because I'm 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 fine if we finish the thing and then it and then the others don't pan out. Um, that's more fodder for other 
you know, for other adventures. Um, but if it does pan out, what I'm what I'm hoping is to seeing all of you, whether you stay with your current character or you move on uh, to to another character. Um, seeing that story, seeing you as that character, see that story to its end. Um, and I think one, one thing I've, I've never expressed, uh, it's kind of just always been in the back of my head is that at any time, like your character at your, if you choose can bow out, if you decide, Hey, like, well, okay. Bracken is the good example. Like, Oh, I'm just going to bail and, you know, save my brothers. Cool. You know, there's other, you know, there's other characters that can come in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Galen feeling torn between two worlds almost. Um, you know, can he protect? Can he not? If he if he stays, is he more like? Does he fail his goal if he stays? Um, those sorts of things. So seeing and seeing how you process those things. So that's that's what I'm excited about. Yeah. Um, and as we wrap up. <laughs> I, I wanna. I'm gonna throw something out there. Um, pick a number, one to six. Five. Yeah. Nine. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> he's, listen, he's ELA. He's not. He's not math, y'all. <laughs> he's not a math teacher. He's a, he's a reading teacher. <laughs> not um. a math teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I had this like thing where I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna take Oh, but my favorite number is nine, so I'm gonna pick nine. <laughs> I was like, wait. <laughs> I'm gonna go three. Okay. Also five. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. two fives. Oh, do we have to pick different numbers? Uh, they can be the same. Okay. okay. It's terrifying. Five, five, three. We both die. Two. Okay. Um, I'm gonna pass something around. Ah! Hello? Okay. From the other side? No. Uh, <laughs> don't look. This is called the Deck of Many Fates. Oh, I know this one. What? Oh okay. shoot! So, I, as as a as a preview going into season two, that's um, horrifying. When you die, death is not the end. I've I, I think I've said that before. Um, death is not the end. Uh, death is a doorway. Uh, so, draw draw your two. Bummer, th- I should have picked a higher number. Got five cards, dude. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> and um, I've seen this deck before. This is terrifying. <laughs> so, uh, so what, whatever you, whatever number you choose, draw that and then pick the one. Pick one. Oh, pick one. Oh, yeah, okay. pick okay. one of. Like After, we, like, before we've looked at them? terrible things. Can no, I, you, can you, I look You down? can look okay. at them. Oh, no. <laughs> you want to see? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can, you can tell me. But I'm I'm gonna op, I'm gonna I'm gonna use death differently. Then point. This then. is perfect. Okay. <gasps> oh, I like that one. Maybe. Ooh. Mm. Yep. Um, what is up? <laughs> yeah. Don't don't tell the others, but mm-hmm. you can. Uh, Oh, ew. <laughs> um, well, while while they're looking at their cards and we uh, 
we think about the implications that these cards bring. That's terrifying. Um, I need the deck back. <laughs> oh, no. Hello. Okay. Why? Oh, no. I know what he pulled. Oh. Oh, do you, oh. <gasps> oh I know which card. So, oh. uh, <laughs> with this ambiguous ending, we're going to end uh, the season one wrap up. Um, we will do more of these at a later point and we will also be doing more, um, Tales by Firelight episodes, um, in the coming. So this will release, um, just hold on to that. Daniel. So this episode will release, um, what is, what is next Friday? Um, January 26th, 26th. Yeah. So this episode will release the 26th and then, uh, through the month of February, uh, um, I'm going to be telling the story of the Emerald Company and how they all got together. So that's Marion and Hollick and Coranderick and Falcon on the Mountaintop and Two Stones and Renfear and um, I'm forgetting the halfling's name. Mm-hmm. Was it one of them? No. Wizant. There we go. I was going to say I almost say Waze. So uh, I'll be telling that story through the month of February. And then there's also a guest episode. Uh, that a friend of the show is working on currently. Hello? Yeah. Um, so with that, we will end the season one wrap up. Um, and we look forward to seeing you in season two.